Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and we've got ourselves a Giants-Bears preview. This is the fifth year in a row that we are playing the Chicago Bears, and we haven't beat them since 2018, but I'm feeling a double a W. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, don't care about Monday night. Being 2-1 and one feels good. You want to know what feels better? I do. 3-1. and one. That's what feels better than 2-1, and one. and the Giants are going to do that. Let's talk about how they're going to do it. One of the best matchups in the NFL this week, 2-1 and one Bears versus 2-1 and one Giants, some of <laughs> the oldest franchise it? in the NFL. Did you and Robert Schmitz have a, uh, like, Paul Rudd, like, look at us. We who did. Who would have thought? Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> we're not going to spend too much time on on the first segment, you know, just preview, because I we have Robert Smith on the podcast, who has been on this podcast every year previewing this game. He went down to the Senior Bowl and did some videos with us. Enjoy talking with him, but every time I talk with him, we go for like 30 minutes, so we're going to not spend too much time here at the beginning. Um, and I have a power. I was not expecting to have electricity at this point, so wow, here we go. Wow, huge. We got a very special weather segment that you have to stay tuned for. So, a lot of teasers in this podcast. And a new rule to the fantasy draft. There's all types of stuff you got to stay tuned for. But but let's get into this matchup, Justin. We'll start with our offense versus their defense. And when watching the Bears' defense and looking at their stats, you know what the main thing that came to my head was? Tell me. It pisses me off that Kadarius Tony's not playing. Because he could eat versus this team. They run a lot of just man coverage. They're not... They barely blitz. They do get pressure... But I think it's, I think their pressure stats are a little overrated with maybe some of the quarterbacks they have played. You know, the Mud Bowl. I'm actually not too worried about their pass rush. Like I know they have like the third most pressure in the NFL percentage, but you know, talking with Robert and watching their film, they're not a great pass rush team. And they have Robert Quinn going against Andrew Thomas, who Andrew Thomas is a better tackle than Robert Quinn is a pass rusher. So. I think this could be a game for the offense. I think this could be a game where everything kind of comes together because they play so much man coverage, and I think good schemes kill man coverage. And they don't have, and I don't think they have dudes all over the field at corner, and especially Kyler Gordon, who's given up a ton of yards. Like I think Richie James is going to eat in this game. I, I hope so. And Bobby, I mean, the Giants have been kind of a tale of two halves team. In terms of their overall efficiency on offense, the first half, they've been really bad. I mean, I've I've talked about over and over again how the Giants don't have a touchdown in the first half yet. Uh, but I actually looked at data um, today that really says, especially I looked at early down efficiency, how the Giants are one of the top teams early down efficiency 
in the second half, and then they're one of the worst teams in the NFL on early down efficiency in the first half. And really what's kind of killed them on offense kind of throughout the season is just getting into third and longs. So this is a game where I want the Giants to avoid those third and longs. And even, Bobby, you're talking about their their passing defense. I think their rushing defense, which is ranked 22nd according to DVOA, this, you know, shocker, Saquon Barkley has had some good games against Chicago in the past. Um, Saquon Barkley should eat this game, and the Giants should really kind of rely on him. And this is not, you know, this is not something that I say that I will say every week, but if we're kind of dedicating ourselves to the run a little bit, I don't mind giving Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears offense the ball back every once in a while because I'm not really fearing that. I'm not fearing getting behind of the Chicago Bears. So Saquon Barkley should get some opportunities this game and maybe even some more than what usually he would get. And Saquon's had some success versus stack boxes, and they do stack the box all game long. But you mentioned they give up the 31st most rushing offense, uh, rushing yards in the NFL. They're the second worst total, like in volume. So part of that, they played the 49ers in the Mud Bowl. The Texans are very committed to the run game. Um, and then even the Packers in week two ran the ball on them a lot. Um, so yeah, I give that volume to Saquon Barkley. Let, like, don't let stack boxes scare you away. But I also think this is the week where the passing game comes together, where, you know, I think we'll be able to protect enough up front. Uh, I think our wide receivers can win some of their matchups. I think Darius Slayton is going to play this week, by the way. I think they're going to be forced to play Galladay and Slayton on the on the field at the same time, which is something we talked about on the mailbag pod. Is I think that can that can help the Giants' offense propel a little bit. And when teams run man coverage, what's, what do you need mostly out of your quarterback? To be accurate. Like, obviously, decision-making, all that stuff. But that's versus man coverage, accuracy is the most important thing. And that's why I think Daniel Jones' best strength is. is just overall accuracy all over the field. Um, so I, I really do think this could be a game where the offense comes together, where it's, Hey, the running game's working, the passing game's working. Like I, I, I actually, we'll talk about the bears offense and everyone laughs at the bears offense, but I'm actually, I feel more confident in the offense this week. Surprisingly, when your routes first man coverage, I think there'll be some shots for some play. Eddie Jackson has been really good for them. So you gotta just, you know, you gotta know where he is at all times. Cause he's been a ball hawk this year. Um, you know, and I think I think this will be a good bounce back game for the offensive line, where there's not too much to worry about um, with those guys. Like Robert Quinn's awesome, but Andrew Thomas like held him like like essentially dominated him last year. Like Bears fans will remember Robert Quinn getting the sack uh, to break the Bears' single season record. Giants fans will remember the fact that Andrew Thomas that might have been one of his best games, even though he did give up one of his two sacks on the year. I think that might have been his best uh, game of the year was going up against Robert Quinn. Like he dominated him all game, had a, had his ass in the grass a bunch of yeah. times. He even agreed with us in the in our interview with him that that's what Robert Quinn was doing, and he yeah. Robert Quinn was not playing the run at all. Like we we laughed about that with him, where he's like every play, all he was doing was going for the, a sack. Yeah, he didn't play the run at for not even for a second. With the Bears' offense, <clears throat> everyone's going to laugh at their passing game, which is rightfully so. They, if you doubled their passing yards, they would still be the 32nd passing offense in the NFL. Justin Herbert's throwing the ball 15 times a game. He's only completing 52% of his passes. Justin Fields. Sorry, Justin Fields. He's taking a lot of sacks. He has four interceptions to two touchdowns. He's been horrible this year. But, but, Justin Fields still worries me a little bit because... Justin Fields, like this offense doesn't really have much of a quick game. They're trying to attack downfield, and I think that can be a little more of the weakness of 
the Giants' defense, especially when they're going to be running the ball. And that's when Fields the Giants' has def- uh, two touchdown passes of 20-plus yards this year. Yes. Um, one was a broken play to Pettis, and I can't remember the other one. Where the where the Giants, like I think their their uh, defense thrives is against a quick game and giving different looks and 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 showing that because they play a lot of guys down in the box at times. I think this should be a week. I know they run the ball really well, but I think this should be a week where the Giants kind of live out of too high a little bit, uh, a more, not live out of it, play more so of it, just because Fields still is an accurate quarterback for the most part even though he's had some ugly misses this year he's still got a lot of arm talent and he does have a willingness to push the ball downfield and that's been the weakness of the Giants defense and especially against teams that line up and run formations and run play action out of it which is what the Bears do you know their running game is off awesome you know we don't know if David Montgomery is going to play but they have the second uh run offense in the NFL and Khalil Herbert is averaging uh, has more yards than uh David Montgomery on a couple less carries so Khalil Hibbert is is a very good running back, a guy that we both really like coming out of the draft out of Virginia Tech. I would not be living out of stack the box single high coverage because I think that's how the Giants off Giants defense has gotten beat, and I think that's the way Justin Fields could kind of have his get right game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears offense is the reason to break what the Giants have been doing in terms of stopping the pass because they have been better at stopping the pass this season than stopping the run, which I'm fine with, by the way. I'm, I'm fine with kind of the approach of everybody knows this of maybe, you know, at least, uh, you know, yards per carry wise, if the Giants defense is not so great in that, but if the yards per attempt on when pa- the passing offense, if that's low and if that's good, then I'm a fan of that. I don't know if this Chicago Bears offense and the passing offense is the reason to break from the tendencies that they've, they've had so far this year. And especially because the Bears offense rushing wise is just more dangerous than them throwing the ball right now. Yeah. Uh, so their run game is going to be hard to stop because we've stacked the box. But I think we should play out of more like Austin Calitro is not a positive even like he's not a better linebacker than Julian Love or Xavier McKinney playing Jaylen down Smith. There. Think he's going to be activated. That could be something that definitely happens. So we just need some better linebacker play and just guys to play their gaps. So I don't have to cuss out Austin Calitro um, this week. But here's something: what what do the Bears have on offense that the Giants have not faced this year? It's a good question. Tell me. A mobile quarterback. True. They, you know, week one, Ryan Tan, like Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield can move, but they're not making like big plays with their legs. Fields can do that, and Fields has had a tendency this year to, when he doesn't like it, he's going to pull the ball um, and try and run. Now he creates sacks that way, which is exciting, but I, this has to be a week where the Giants have to get some turnovers. Like, no interceptions this year on defense, um, only two sacks. Like, you got to have some like negative plays. Yeah, we need to create <laughs> negative plays for the Bears' offense. We can't just kind of like rely on, you know, just like, hey, we're going to stop them on first down, second down, third down type of thing. So yeah. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm pumping up the Bears' offense, but what I'm saying is don't totally dismiss the Bears' offense. Yeah, but this should be a game for the Giants. If you want to take the steps in the right direction of is this year – not going to say is it going to be something in terms of playoffs, but is this year going to be something that we should, you know, maybe continue to get excited about? This should be a game where the Giants relatively control from start to finish, and that's yeah. what I want to see. You're home, go three and one, rock and roll. All right, we're going to get into the interview with Robert Smith here in a second, but today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. 
Live events, live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. Go to the Giants-Bears game this week, by the way. Like, I'm sure those tickets... And it's the throwback uniforms. It's the debut of the throwback uniforms. I'm very excited to see that. Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more. SeatGeek puts tickets all over the web in one place to make buying simple. By the way, if you're buying Yankees tickets, here, okay, so this is something I hate about Twitter. Why do people got to feel the need to downplay what Aaron Judge is doing? Like, if you don't agree with the people who say, like, oh, this, like, and I don't, like, I, you, you can, you should acknowledge that what Aaron Judge is doing is crazy and the steroid stuff, but also you don't have to totally discount what Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa did. Um, like, enjoy this. This is, this is a, a unbelievably cool moment that's happening. So go to a Yankees game, go to a Giants game. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. And here's Robert Smiths. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. we got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast, play fast. Whoa. Ah. Usually when we have this guy on, me and him end up talking 20 minutes before we did the interview. Uh, so I said we we didn't talk at all before this one because we ended up wasting great football conversation beforehand. It's He's a contributor for Windy City Gridiron, uh, hosts uh, the Bear With Me podcast on his Run Pass Option YouTube channel, and he'd helped us out a lot at the Senior Bowl this past year. We finally got to meet in person. Um Robert Smiths. Robert, what's going on, my man? Man, I'm going okay. I think both the Giants and the Bears are in very similar places right now. So when I say it is weird to be two and one, but we'll take it, I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, I- I'm very excited for Giants-Bears to be the two and one versus two and one team. One of the better matchups in the NFL for week four. Like we-, we-, we might have like the best like just record compilation for any matchup this week. So excited for that and we have history with the every single year that we've done talking giants we've played the bears so we've had to have you on and people forget that you were on the early days of simple man radio and me and you each had like 180 followers yep um mm-hmm. so it was a while ago <laughs> yeah so it's, it's been cool it's been cool to grow so we'll we'll talk about the bears uh and this giants matchup but i, I know we're gonna talk a lot about the offense because the bears offense when you look at the numbers you're like what is happening over there with good and bad but I want to start with the defense. Matt Eberflus is over there, so obviously different than what you guys have had. What's the bread and butter of the defense with the Bears? Like, you know, light boxes or stack boxes, too high. Like, you know, those, those like what's the bread and butter that they're doing down in, down out? Well, you're going to laugh because it's a it's a less exotic of what the Giants seem to be doing in the Wink Martindale scheme, where instead of five-man fronts, instead of blitzes, it's just cover one and cover three like a lot of variation between going back and forth on cover one cover three because the bears are struggling to stop the run and they know it we got gashed against the packers who toted the pill for like 
eight yards per carry or something close to it. And the worst part was that that game, that the 5.8 yards per carry wasn't just three gash runs and then a whole bunch of like two and three yarders. It was five to seven yards per carry the entire game on a per carry basis. So the bears are trying to stack that box a little bit. They want to get that seventh, that eighth man in the box. And this makes them particularly vulnerable to play action where whether it's their nickel corner or their linebackers, they all get sucked up whenever you throw a play action fake, especially if the run game has gotten going. Does any of this sound familiar aside from the blitzing piece? Yeah, basically that's what we've been dealing with, with, like you said, stack boxes with the the Giants for the most part. Week two was very different. They ran three safeties a lot, but they still stack the box uh, a fairly good amount of the time. Um, but where they've gotten screwed again, running that cover three, cover one stuff is when they get under center and it's first and 10 and they have both options, they're running past those under center play action, two, three man routes have just been able to pop versus the Giants on those over routes. They've been wide open. You know, they had a, a couple big ones on Monday night, I'm sure you watch. And then even the CD land drop, you know, that was the biggest one uh, <laughs> that they had. And the tight, the Titans were able to do it. The Panthers were, they're just a mess offensively. So they weren't able to take advantage of anything, but that's, that's been what's there. So the, that, that's the interesting because the giants actually ran a lot of that under center play action, you know, the boots and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, two man routes, but versus the Cowboys, almost all of them turned into Daniel Jones runs. Almost every single right. one because the Cowboys played too high. Their corners are, are the type that turn their backs. You know, they're they're playing. And mm-hmm. it led to a lot of Daniel Jones runs. So I'll be interested to see if there's more ability for chunk plays out of the passing game this week. Where That's what, you know, Daniel Jones on Monday night. It was a gutsy performance. But we want to see production. We want to see stuff just work well offensively. We don't want him to be the only guy that shows up for a game. So I so is that what you'd attack is like kind of that middle intermediate area out of that play action if you were – facing the bears so the bears have a nickel corner that they just drafted uh named kyler gordon he wears number six and he's somewhat small uh but the main thing that's got him really lost out there is that the bears are playing him simultaneously bobby at nickel and outside corner first year in the league and he's learning inside nickel and outside corner all at the same time so he understandably gets kind of lost out there when he's in a man match scenario. He knows what he's doing when he is in a zone match scenario. He can definitely give up ground, especially off of a play action fake because the bears, again, their defensive line has struggled enough against the run that he in particular ends up the front, like the front liner on a whole lot of run fits. And so when you throw a play action fake, he takes a couple extra steps forward or just doesn't drop with a receiver. And suddenly he's a couple yards behind Jaquan Brisker has been solid but a rookie, the other safety that they picked up, uh, beware number four, Eddie Jackson. He has been lights out. I've loved Eddie Jackson from the moment that he started wearing a Bears uniform and I've supported him, so to speak, through the rough years. But in this scheme in particular, he is really coming to life. And so if Daniel Jones would do well to avoid targeting him, because like you saw in week one against Trey Lance, he'll get you if you're not careful. And this seems like a game that whoever wins the turnover battle is going to have a massive advantage. I know that's a lot of football games, but this one could really come down to a favorable bounce one way or another. Yeah, Eddie, I mean, Eddie Jackson, I fell in love with him that 2018 year when I was having you on Superman Radio because I, for some reason we just were able to, we didn't tap any audience looking back at it, but if there was one that we thought we tapped besides the Giants was Chicago, and I paid attention to a lot, and the Bears were really fun to watch that year. Fell in right. love with Eddie Jackson, and then, like you said, that week one interception versus Trey Lance, where I was like, man, this is 
this is just elite. Like this is elite coverage right here, baiting yep. a quarterback into a, a game, essentially a game winning interception. Um, so it's, it's cool to see him bounce back. So my next question was, what's the weak link that you'd attack as an OC, but you answered that with Kyler Gordon. Is there, I, I want to talk a lot about the offense. Is there any other like nugget on the defense? Like, like what, what's it like running against them? Like, I know they're Easy. stacking the boxes, but is it, is it, is their D line able to hold up? No, that's the reason they're stacking the box. Okay. The Bears, <laughs> the Bears, two starters in Angelo Blackson and Justin Jones are solid, but extremely unspectacular. I mean, this is a beef league. And so when you end up with an interior offensive line that can at- assault two guys that were rotational guys on another or like they're rotational guys on other teams. Now they're starters on Chicago and they're being paid a grand total of about $10 million between the two of them. And that's before you let anybody rotate in. And that's just a bunch of waiver wire claims and former practice squatters. So the bears defensive line, like let's put it this way. If I sound like I'm dunking on my own team, it's because you get what you pay for and they haven't paid a, any pick that like any higher than day three on the defensive line. They haven't actually paid a day or I don't even think that they've paid a day three pick. And then they haven't paid more than about $10 million between the two guys. So they don't, they're pretty light in, in the world of stuff in the run. They're going to do what they can. They'll kind of get theirs every once in a while, but teams have been doing a really good job of washing them down. They haven't been able to stop anybody from watching them out of the play. And then that puts the, usually that puts somebody like Saquon or a couple of tight ends one-on-one with the bears linebackers who Nick Morrow and Roquan Smith have been pretty solid. Roquan in particular had a phenomenal game last week and two really bad games before it. So will we get good Roquan? Will we get bad Roquan? I don't know, but with a talent like Saquon Barkley at running back, I do think that Roquan Smith could be a difference maker in this one because if he can track 26 sideline to sideline, then Saquon may not be able to do some of the absolutely insane highlight stuff that he's been doing, though a running back with a head of seams hard to stop. Yeah, and with Saquon, obviously this match was last year, like, you know, tore his ACL in 2020, and then last year his focus was probably on burning down Soldier Field so they won't have to worry about Exactly. Worry about did that? Can I ask you this? I don't think we've had you on the show. Did that hit Bears Twitter? That yes. Saquon Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Dude, that was that was that's how, the Giants were so bad that we just became mm. just like all right. We're just having fun. This we're gonna we're gonna try. I mean, you saw. We had negative passing yards versus you guys last year. Oh, my gosh. That was awful. I've never seen a team actively say, okay, Glennon's playing. We're not winning. And just like near, I think it was the middle of the second quarter, they just started running on all three downs. The run wasn't moving either. It was so, so bad. That was the worst <laughs> game I've ever seen. It was, I was, I felt like that was a game, Bobby, just letting, taking, going down memory lane for a second. I didn't watch the Bears win, I watched the Giants lose. Like I didn't come away from what was a fairly, fairly heavy beatdown thinking, heck yeah, my team's so good. I was like, oh my God, the Giants were awful. The first I think either the first player or the second player of the game, I think it was a cover. I think you guys ran cover zero. And Glennon just didn't throw the hot, but also didn't look at Robert Quinn just barreling down from his front side and just lit him up. And it ended up being a fumble down to the to the four-yard line. So speaking of the Bears pass rush, uh, it's Quinn lining up on both sides. Is he standing on one side? And, and is there a formidable like uh, foe, like guy on the other side? Because Andrew Thomas has been amazing. Evan Neal struggled. You're muted. No, there's not. 
you're asking me all the unfun questions about the Bears. Like I haven't talked to anything any, about any of the things that they're good at, which is mostly the secondary Gordon or not. Their safety play has been really fun. Eddie Jackson does wonders for that defense. Linebackers have been solid, but pass rush, not so much. Now, granted, Bobby, I told you last week or last year, the same time that Robert Quinn might just set the sack record. You told me against Andrew Thomas, no way. And he did find his sack in that one i was so mad i've never been more mad at a sack because i know he was (laughs) going for the sack record and we actually talked with andrew thomas about that when we when we interviewed him and i was like what did you think when robert quinn was just not playing the run for even a quarter of a second was just every play just dipping the edge and i was like thomas is killing him but he's gonna get him on one and he got him on that one i (laughs) and that game was so bad that it's like i'm so bad i think i had a tweet from that game it's like i'm just gonna look at andrew thomas for the rest of the game and nothing else and, right. and not ruin my mental health. So I was very, so, I was so frustrated. And, and Thomas told us, he's like, he didn't play the run at all in that game. He was very clearly going for the sack record. Which I don't blame him. Like it, not everybody's going to end up with 18 and a half sacks, but I, I think the, the guys across from him. So the bears have a rookie in Dominique Robinson who flashed at the senior bowl and he's flashed so far. He's got a sack and a half out of the fifth freaking round. That doesn't. Oh yeah. Happen. He had like three sacks in the first game. I wanted to look at mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. he's been he's kind of balling and the weird part is bobby if you go back and you watch that first game on his first sack he executes the same cross chop that quinn does he just goes inside with it on the right tackle but you can tell who he's been getting lessons from suffice it to say but so him and what is it uh him and Travis Gibson, another fifth round edge project that they have that's looked really solid, former interior defensive lineman at like Delaware or something like that. Don't quote me. I think it might have been Buffalo, but small school defensive lineman that's converted to edge and is playing solid football, but he's not somebody that I would necessarily put on. I mean, I, I doubt or based on the guys that I remember the Giants have played, did they play Harold Landry? No, he was, was he out. out. He's out. Yeah. So then I don't know. Because if Evan Neal struggled against, like, not Brian Burns, right? Or did Burns line up across from him? He, he got Burns a little bit. Burns got him on one play, but he he didn't do half bad versus Burns. He's still okay. the same technique issues, but the results weren't bad. He did. Right. He's, he's kind of just got – he's having a hard time adjusting to some of the aggressive sets. So he's that third step, he's opening his hips and punching and leaning, and then his feet are getting a little crossed up. So – but so is Quinn lining up like basically only over the left tackle? Oh, he's always only been over the left tackle. He doesn't move. Okay. Like okay. he's he's not changing. He hasn't been changing. That's where he's going to be. Let's talk about the Bears' offense, and we'll finish talking about the run game so you get to finish on a positive note. <laughs> um, so Fields is completing fifty-one percent of his passes, less than a hundred yards per game, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. That's all bad, right? The most wowing thing when I look at his stat sheet is he's only thrown the ball 15 times per game. What is ha- like? What is going on with Justin Fields in this Bears offense? He's running a lot. I mean, he's pulling the ball down and moving it. And they aren't the big thing that you're missing is that the Bears don't have a quick game to speak of at all. They can't get the screen game going, and it's as much a problem with Fields getting the ball into these guys' hands as anything else. Like I say, this is a very excited Bears fan and somebody who likes to tell himself that he's an optimist. This has been a rough year from the quarterback perspective because this last game it was not a final straw there's no way that we are deeper or like he's got the whole season certainly to yeah. just get back to normal but the giants are catching fields at a very good time in in the world of trying to steal a win because 
the Bears run game, if for any Giants fans out there that have never watched a Bears game in their life and don't even look at the box scores, the Bears ran for 281 emphatic yards last week. And so when I was watching the Giants tape to get prepped for this podcast, I mean, Bobby, you know what I was sitting there thinking. If Leonard Williams doesn't play, it could be the Cowboys game all over again, but maybe worse because the Bears, shocking to me more than anybody else, are second in the league in rushing right now. Yeah. And so... That means that if Fields can provide anything, the Bears might just have an okay little offense. But right now, the only thing he's providing is negative plays. Between the five sacks that he took and the two picks that he threw, he he almost, he came one super negative play away from evening his completions. So eight completions, um, 25 quote unquote attempts, if you want to consider it that way, because he, while he had 17 listed com- or attempts, he had three runs where he called it himself and he had five sacks, which don't count as a passing attempt for some reason. And it's, I mean, it's not pretty. Like he looks late on his reads. He looks like he's trying to force the ball to Mooney. And when he does, he ends up uh, getting put in positions where he needs to feel pocket pressure. And he doesn't really have a great feel for pocket pressure. He refuses to step up in the pocket. So if um, Kayvon Thibodeau comes around the edge and creates some pressure, he will try to run out the back of the pocket instead of trying to step up through it, which, you know, most NFL quarterbacks do. I mean, it's a whole mess. Like right now, this is what the definition of a project quarterback would look like. And when you get outplayed by Davis Mills on your home field, it's bad. And I mean, Fields described it that way himself. If I sound like I'm being hyper negative, Fields said after the game, like I played like trash and he's totally right. And I'm not trying to be necessarily impatient, Bobby, but as high as I was on Fields, Fields has yet to really deliver that I've stepped forward game. And we are right now, we are coming off the backs of beating the Texans, who might be one of might be one of the worst teams in the league, getting thumped by the Packers, and the week before that, kind of lucking out in a mega rainstorm. So I, I think it's safe to say that when you ask me too many questions about the offense, I could tell you what we're doing schematically, but the Bears barely know who they are. Because at last time I looked, which I haven't looked at the updated one for this one, but at week two, I was looking at passing yardage per game, which as I'm sure you know, the Giants were a lowly 31st. But if you multiplied the Bears, who were 32nd, passing yardage per game, Bobby, by two, they still weren't past the Giants. Like if you just doubled it arbitrarily, the Giants' lowly 156-ish yards per game was still more than the Bears, who were averaging 76 passing yards per game. And they only upped it to 70, I think 88 in this last one after five sex it's rough out here in chicago but at least the running game's going well as a football fan obviously the bears were a big talking point with how they handled their offseason with ryan poles it was more just it was more about tearing down than it seemed building around fields obviously a new gm and head coach who didn't draft the guy does it seem like they want him or are they kind of just like i i don't know from from like are does it seem like this regime is like all in on Justin Fields or are they just kind of all in on like, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give this guy a chance, but we're not, we're not playing the long game with this guy. So I, the, I heard somebody say it really well at one point where they said that in the eyes of this regime fields is their quarterback until otherwise. And I think that's a good way to put it. The bears are going about their plan right now and they are not 
thinking that hard about the quarterback position. At least that's the impression that I get, Bobby, is that they're not right now going out and scouting a bunch of quarterbacks. It's week four. They have not sent the scouts on a mission, find me a franchise quarterback or I'll fire you, right? It's not desperate, but they definitely did not spend resources that they could have on receiver. They definitely pushed all the debts that they had on the, or like on the credit card, so to speak into this season, which is focused around paying off 62 and a half million dollars of dead cap. They are setting up for a big spending season next year. And my guess is they want to see fields improve. I think they want fields to be their guy. They just want him to show progress within an offense. And right now, He's doing nothing but going backwards. And is that Fields' fault? Is that the coaching fault? Is that the quarterback's coach, Andrew John Coco, not getting along with uh, Justin Fields? Bobby, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the nightmare that is talking about a struggling young quarterback, and I know you know what I'm talking about because Daniel Jones has been on this a similar ride, is that every t- everybody wants them to succeed. Everybody in the organization wants them to succeed. So any glimmer of hope is something that we'll hold on to. But right now, Fields is competitive with passing games from the 1980s, and that's rarely a stat that you want to be involved in in 2022, suffice it to say. So while while I know a lot of the semantics behind Justin Fields aren't quite as bad as the raw yardage totals suggest they are, he's taken a sack on almost 20% of his dropbacks at this point. If not, maybe it might be more than that. Honestly, he threw two horrible interceptions last week. There was very little, I mean, two snaps, I would say, out of the 25 passing plays he was tied to were good, like legitimately good and not neutral. And so when you're talking about seven problematic plays and two really good plays, it's a rough day. I I wish I had a better answer when it came to the future of the organization. But I will tell you that I think that it's unsurprising that a GM hired a defensive head coach. The defensive head coach said, we're going to run the ball. We're going to play good defense. And that the quarterback, therefore, I wouldn't say he's been cast aside. That's not fair. The scheme is not horrifically quarterback unfriendly, but the Giants probably still have a better receiving room than the Bears, despite being down three of their top options. So take that for what you will. Yeah, I was happy to see Dante Pettis is your second leading receiver in yards. Yep, with his one catch, I was, I was, I was, I would Correct. be losing. I know that you're, I know you're probably losing your mind right now, but you're also covering a two and one team, so it, it makes the struggles a little better. It's let's little let's weird. finish with some good. Let's get Robert. Let's get you happy. Number two running team in the NFL, fifth in yards per carry. How is this Bears run game so good? Are they getting outside the tackles? Is it you know a bunch of gap and pin and pull stuff like? What is leading to Khalil Herbert having seven yards per carry and David Montgomery, you know, 4.8 or whatever it is? What's leading to their like amazing success? Uh, Bobby, they are doing it all. They really are like unbelievably impressed. They're mixing inside zone with wide zone, with outside zone, with a lot of like G lead with toss counter with toss out runs like it is a veritable cornucopia of run plays that they're calling out here did you see by chance anything from the texans game did you see the wide sweep that they got the texans on for like 40 yards on the ground i didn't we're recording this on wednesday before i started watching that so i haven't seen that yet 
then you can go back and take a look because it'll be right there. I mean, they like they snapped the ball. So they've been pulling Equinamia St. Brown, who I think you can agree with me. Nobody is scared of as a running threat across the formation because he's been a pseudo tight end. He's like 235 pounds, six, six. And so at one point Fields snapped the ball and just quick handed it off to him. And the defensive end had absolutely no idea. He had the ball, the whole front seven had no idea he had the ball. So by the time he was down the field, 20 yards, people were only just starting to turn around and catch that he had the ball in the first place. The bears running game has been no accident. It's not just been, they've been playing bad teams. If you go look at what they did against the Packers, they toted the rock for like six yards of carry in that game as well. And I don't want to hear what LaFleur was saying about, oh, well, we were just in nickel. But they, oh, they yeah, weren't. if you can't play run defense versus nickel, you're you, that's the NFL. And not only is that the NFL, but you can't get gashed like they were getting gashed. The real hat tip here has to go to Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, who I don't know what he has done. Maybe it's also Luke Getze. He should probably get some flowers as well. But this offensive line is executing like I have not seen the Bears offensive line execute in years, maybe ever. When they come off their combo blocks, they're coming right off those combo blocks. And that's part of why the guy that I would say I have my my eye on most, I think that especially in a game without Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, number 97, has a big role to play in this Giants game. played really well this year too. He has played really well. And if somebody can get in there and foul up the Bears rushing attack, they're going to have to put the game in Fields' hands. Fields is horrible against the Blitz. Wink Martindale teeing off on Justin Fields is something that I used to have in my nightmares, but now I've just accepted that I'm going to have to live with it. So if Leonard doesn't play, and if Dexter plays badly, the Bears may just grade the the Giants, not to some huge emphatic win. That's the way that these defensive head coaches are, but to something close and tight and maybe a little bit boring. Uh, but all the Giants games have been fun, so it wouldn't surprise me. The, the big question, though, is like, well, how are the Bears going to respond if they play a defensive line that they can't necessarily tango with? And they played San Francisco and we're OK. They played Green Bay and they were fine. So I don't necessarily think Dexter Lawrence is going to be better than, say, Kenny Clark was on the Packers. But the Giants are going to need to get theirs on the ground because it is hard, Bobby, to carry a running game 80 yards down the football field. You may be able to get it 40 and kick a field goal. You may be able to get it 60 and feel like you were close. But getting key run stops on pretty obvious rushing downs, to be honest, uh, is going to be huge. It'll be interesting to see how they attack the Giants' defense from now without Leonard Williams because the Cowboys, and they've notoriously done this, are great at running outside of the tackles, and the Giants' linebackers are not good defending outside the tackles. They For two years now, it's like, read your, read the guards, read the guards. Like They just keep their eyes on the back, and they're, they're late to their keys. Um, so they've been gashing those outside plays where you've lost – where Leonard Williams has screwed them by not being out is that with Leonard Williams in between the tackles, I mean, they're stopping guys, you know, it's one yard run, two yard runs with Leonard Williams. You're able to get those four or five yard runs, which I think are like what keeps a running game healthy. You're not going to live off of big plays in a running game. Like they're, they will make, you know, they're going to help you score points, but down in, down out, good running teams are running between the tackles. So be interested to see how much the bears try and get outside the tackles. Um, with their with their linebacker group they've done a fair amount of it 
I mean, whether it's on toss plays to the outside, they did like a toss wide zone that got featured on Pat McAfee's segment fairly recently where they cracked off like a 65 yard run because the other guy that needs mentioning Khalil Herbert has looked shot out of a cannon whenever like he gets too. the ball. He's been awesome. I mean, he's the kind of guy who's going to plant his foot in the ground. He's going to take the four yards that the Bears offensive line has been giving him, which has been pretty incredible just in and of itself. And then he's going to truck a linebacker, snap the tackle and get four more before the second linebacker rallies to bring him down. I mean, Herbert had an extend me game on uh, last week, which granted he's not in line for an extension just yet. You get the idea, but it was emphatic 157 yards. If memory serves off of like 20 carries. I mean, the key was just churning. And so if it, if Herbert can get into the backfield, if he can get to that second level, he's going to be a problem for Giants linebackers that, like you told me, are struggling right now. And so if, I mean, to me, the Bears defense has been obnoxious because they are that old school, Lovey Smith, Ben don't break, Ron Marinelli defense that sits in cover two as much as it can. They can't this year. So they're playing a bunch of that cover one, cover three, and they will let you bleed them all the way down to the 40. And then they're going to try to stand tall, let you make a mistake and capitalize for to either take the ball away. Obviously, that's what they'd love, but force a punt whenever they can, right? They're much more... They're much more about letting an offense beat themselves because they don't have the hogs up front to stop you in the run game. But this Bears team, they will run on second and 20 and convert it. Like if you go back and watch the Packers game, which you don't need to, Bobby, they did that where I believe Fields took a sack. Ball was at second and 20. They gave it to Montgomery. Montgomery turned into Superman and converted the first down on that same play. Yeah. Like, the Bears are doing things in the run game that are just all wrong, but it's working so right in, just in terms of when they call these runs. And the run suite looks awesome. They they look like they have blended a lot of the things that Shanahan does in with a lot of things that they kind of invented and pioneered in Green Bay. And it looks really, really clean. They're very, very good at trying to keep blockers a, a little bit confused on where they're trying to go and it won't surprise me if a play that i know they've been working all season which is g lead guard lead is something that they're going to employ a lot williams or not because here's a quick question how are your edges at defending the run would you say that your defensive tackles are ones to avoid jihad ward's been very good Kayvon and aziz were a little iffy in their first game um i, I i'd say i haven't worried about the edge in the in the in the run game where in years past I, I have. That makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me if all the same, the bears are going to try to test you there. If only because while like, I totally agree with you, you need inside zone plays to stay healthy. You can't just attack the tackles constantly. If the linebackers are a problem, they're going to do what they can to just make it a skill position on skill position game. Yeah. And the bears wide receivers, like I'll tell you what, they can't seem to catch the ball because there is no passing production to be shared, but they can block. Oh, they can block. I've never seen a team look. I mean, this is going to be like watching a time travel football game. Well, not quite, because I know Dayball does a whole bunch of fun, very modern stuff in his offense. But the Bears receivers are glorified blockers, and they're good at it. And if they weren't so good at it, I think I'd be more frustrated. But they are. I like it. Robert, You, uh, where can people follow you? You do draft stuff. You go down to the, you're down to the senior bowl with us. 
Um, and you just give good bears info for, for the game ahead. Where can people follow you? Follow me on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And on YouTube, look up Run Pass Opinion, and you'll find the channel. Right now, we're in the middle of a, of a name shift as me and the guys from WCG kind of take it and try to make it a little bit more branded in a name called Second City Gridiron. But you'll see RPO plus Second City Gridiron right there. That's us. Okay, sounds good. Robert, thank you again for coming on. Thank you too, Bobby. Stay safe. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, welcome back to the show. Thank you to Robert for hopping on. Before we get to Danny King, we got to talk about the Candlewick Diner. You're going to the Giants game this Sunday. You're going near MetLife Stadium. You live near MetLife Stadium. You live in this great state of New Jersey. You got to check them out they're celebrating their 53rd year in east rutherford this october they're located a mile up the road from metlife stadium it's perfect spot for a pre-game breakfast or a post-game dinner slash drinks i will be going to the candlewick diner uh, now i hope i go before but definitely like what i want to do every single year is after the last home game we're all going to go and celebrate the final game, but that's a long time away, but I wanted to throw that out there. They have a full service bar, in-house bakery, and free delivery, extensive menu from breakfast to burgers to steaks to pasta, like that Gordon Ramsay, and it's a spot that's frequently visited by Giants players. Check out Candlewick Diner, close friends of the program. They cater our tailgates in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Check them out in East Rutherford, New Jersey for all your favorite diner favorites. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back to the show. We want to welcome on our weatherman, Danny Boy King. But Danny, we have a special segment today. We do have a special segment today. So you may or may not have heard there's like this little little storm that's kind of hit in Florida right now. It's Hurricane Ian. Yeah, we got a special correspondent down there in uh, Florida. Bobby is legitimately his standing on top of a roof as it is completely submerged. A roof? Well, yeah, look at that. That's clearly a roof. We're not going to act like his part did not get as bad. But, Bobby, what what's it like down there right now? Danny, it's windy. That's <laughs> here in the water. Like you're sitting, no, it's, honestly, we didn't get it as bad as other like, – we got the least worst on our county. I'm on the East Coast compared to the West Coast. Uh Next time this happens and it's hitting the West Coast, me and Julian are going and chasing it. Because <laughs> the videos that came out from the West Coast, like Fort Myers and, and all those places, I've never seen stuff like that in like the last 10 years. So I was a little jealous that I didn't get to experience some of it. Are you, are you disappointed with the lack of any kind of adrenaline that you got from this storm? Are you disappointed? Yeah, obviously, you don't want the storm to hit you. But it's like you, it is an experience, you get, and you guys know I'm like a thrill seeker with some of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, so it's it's windy though. It, it's like you know that scene from a uh, Family Guy with uh, Cleveland when he's like, I think it's Cleveland, and he's like, it's gonna rain, or no, it's not Cleveland. It's one of the other like uh, meteorologists on the show, but he's like, it's gonna rain. It's legitimately the funniest line. And uh, oh look, there's a random Samaritan that's floating around in the water behind Bobby. That was kind of crazy. Guys, to make this look worse, what I'm gonna do like some, you know, kind of like those news people, like one had a canoe and people were walking behind it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pull on these and act like I'm holding on to this before going into the water. <laughs> <laughs> he is holding on for dear life as. I yeah. think Jim Cantor on that video where he was falling down was faking it a little bit. I think he I'm, was. 
Because there's no shot that I mean I get I get that branch was flying at you, but no shot it had the power to take you down like that. You see this like ledge right here. That's usually like not underwater. So that's some analysis right there. What's the weather gonna be like in MetLife and then let's do trivia? I mean the weather in MetLife, it's gonna be a gonna be pretty nice this weekend in uh who are we playing? We're playing the Bears mm-hmm. this Sunday. I clearly lied. There's a 50% chance of rain, but it's going to be 58 degrees, cloudy, and uh, there's there will be a chance of rain this Sunday, unfortunately. So unlike the past few Sundays when I've been able to say it's been clear, it might not be clear. You might be dealing with uh, you might be. Will, will it shots. rain or will it not rain? You need to you need to pick one. Oh, but see that's the rain thing though. 50% is kind of like that borderline where like it could rain. And it may not rain. Yeah, great analysis. Is it going to rain or not? All right. If I had to make my prediction, I'm looking at my models right now. This Sunday at MetLife Stadium, it it I I think it, it won't rain. That's that's the final verdict. It will there not rain. Go. Okay. And now during your tailgate, there might be a little rain, but during the game, maybe a quick drizzle, but then that's it. It'll be all clear. right. No food. No food at the tailgate this no week. So we're all right. Yeah, not allowed to bring food. No food. No food. Oh, Bobby, legit, might have almost fell right. He's in the water. He's in the water. Uh, trivia. Now we got trivia. Uh, we're gonna keep it nice and simple this week. Uh, who has the most rushing yards? Hey, this is also shout out Saquon for being the only guy contributing on offense right now. It feels. Uh, who has the most rushing yards in a single game against Chicago? Justin, you go first. Frank Gifford. Frank. <laughs> Is Bobby. it not Frank Gifford? <laughs> I can give you a second guess, Justin. Was this Saquon Barkley in that 2017-18 game? All right, so we got Saquon Barkley 2017. Justin, are you going to are you going to stick with Frank Gifford? Judging how you laughed, I shouldn't. Joe Morris. All right, the answer is actually Derek Ward back Whoa. in week 13. Of, guess that, believe it or not. Week, thir- week 13 of the 2007 season, 154 yards was run by the man, Derek Ward, and there was a touchdown as well. He averaged 6.4 yards per attempt, so that's what we call establishing the run. All right, let's go to the fantasy draft. All right, I'm dry. I'm out of out of the terrain with my electricity. Time for the fantasy draft. By the way, we have a new rule for the fantasy draft. So because it's kind of stupid to have players who aren't playing um, on our rosters because we do these podcasts on Thursdays, and I don't want to punish that, we've introduced a new rule that if you draft someone uh, that looks like they're going to be out, you can trade that person for someone that wasn't drafted. So last week, Justin traded Kadarius Tony for David Sills. You know, got himself an extra four points. Wow, great job, David Sills. Um, but... The rule is it has to be a player draft in the first three rounds. That way we're not just taking flyers on injured guys in the fourth round because you know you're 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 drafting him in front in front of someone that you already picked. So it has to be someone taken in the first three rounds. Uh Danny will be picking first. He's in second place with eighty nine and a half points. He's thirty one points behind the lead after finishing in last last week. I am the leader picking second with 120 and a half points. The season high individual game uh points at forty seven point seven. And Justin is still in last place. He's fifty points back after having but he's not been bad the first two weeks. The last two weeks, this week one really screwed him. He has sixty nine point nine points. Nope, I'm in first now. Because I have 69.9 points. I was waiting for a nice. That's true. 
That All right, true. Danny, you have the first pick this week. This is a, I think this is a bad week to have the first pick. But Danny, kick it off. This is a bad uh, week just to be doing this. Yeah, because the Bears, Jesus, uh, Saquon, the only yeah. guy that has done anything on offense. I, I should, I, sh- I could have gone crazy right, right there, but no, he's the only guy that's done anything on offense. It's, it's as simple as that. Or the guy really contributed really on offense. Yeah, and then obviously the Bears. You know, they have. We don't know if David Montgomery is going to play, but even if he does, they do the split back type of thing. There's no wide receiver you trust. So Saquon Barkley is an easy one. I think Saquon Barkley this year, which is a good place to be at, might just be the first pick almost every single week that we play because we have Adoree Jackson who doesn't let wide receiver ones totally go off, even though CeeDee Lamb had a good game. Um, so Saquon Barkley's the first pick. My number two pick is going to piss Justin off. Because he's not expecting this. He's thinking, oh, Bobby's going to want Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery. But I don't, I don't know how to pick between those two. And Montgomery may not play. I'm going Richie James with the second overall pick. Wow. You told me. Kyler Gordon is a bad nickel corner uh, as a rookie. They're playing a lot of man coverage, and Richie James has gotten targets every single game. So I am going Richie James with the second overall pick in this draft. Justin, you got back-to-back picks. I know you I know you thought for sure when this started you were getting Richie James. Yeah, I did. Um, and it was just going to be a matter of, you know, who was I going to get on the come around because I have back-to-back picks. So I will gladly take Khalil Herbert. Um, David Montgomery, I don't think is going to play. I mean, feel free, either one of you, to take David Montgomery. I'm not going to. He has not been practicing. He has been a non – he hasn't even been on the side. I think he's just been a non-participant in practice Wednesday and Thursday. So David Montgomery not playing. Khalil Herbert had a really, really good day. Uh, last week against the Texans. Hope he doesn't have a great day against the Giants, but I think it just makes sense to take him. Um, Giants p- rushing defense has allowed like yards per carry. They have allowed like a, a somewhat of a high mark, but still that doesn't overly concern me. So Kaluar Herbert it is. And then this is where it gets tough just for everybody. This is um, all. It's, there's there's nothing. There's not even like someone that's like, okay, this is the right person to lean towards. Like there's not a good argument for really anybody on this. I want. Like I like if the Giants coaching staff was my brain, I would take Darius Slayton here. But I still don't fully trust them to play Darius Slayton. I'm gonna take Daniel Bellinger. Um, wow, he's been, wow. Daniel Bellinger is going from undrafted to a, the fourth pick in this draft. Because I mean, crazy. do you trust any of the? The only one that you can maybe say is uh, Saint Brown, who's the number two wide receiver for the Bears. I don't. Darnell Mooney has done nothing. Um, you, I'm not going to say Galladay. Daniel Bellinger's actually gotten some targets the last couple weeks. He had a 20-plus yard play um, in the first quarter last week. So give me Daniel Bellinger. Bellinger was 10th on my big board. The thing is, is that we're playing a, a team with a lot of man coverage. I don't know if Daniel Bellinger's going to get, um, you know, and they have Roquan Smith who they let cover tight ends. Um, so that's Bellinger was 10th on my big board. All right, so my second pick. So Darnell Mooney would be the smart pick, but Adore Jackson shuts down everyone that's not named CeeDee Lamb. Like, just shuts down people. And, but they could also not line him up on Mooney. You know, they did, you know, they threw a curveball in week two in that. Um, Take Mooney. You know what? I'm going to go off of the big board, and I'm going to trust that this guy is going to get reps. Oh, and no. I'm going Darius Slayton. Yeah. Darius oh. Slayton's going to win versus man oh. coverage. He's good versus press man. He's going to create some big plays this week. And Darius Slayton is 
back. I'm going Darius Slayton with my second pick. Danny, you got back-to-back picks. Uh, yeah, like you said, we know the Bears haven't been throwing the ball a lot recently, but I'm still going to take Equinemia St. Brown. I'm just... I just I like the St. Browns, and I since I can't take Amaran St. Brown since he's not a, a Chicago Bear, I'll take the next best thing. I'll take his brother. Why not? And then and then and then and then with Shepard out, with really not wanting to really take anyone else on the Bears. I mean, maybe you could argue Cole Komet could be the pick here, but I mean he is still on this team as of the recording. And he's going to need to get refs now. So give me Kenny Galladay. I don't hate that pick. Um, I had him 12th on the big board, but I, I, I understand that. So this is the first week Kenny Galladay is not on my team. I think Kenny Galladay understands that. I think last week dropping that pass maybe sparks a little bit of a something in him to maybe turn around. And he's going to need to get refs now because the wide receiver room is all is more thin than it was last Monday night. So here's the dilemma I am with my third pick is part of me wants to take David Montgomery and just be like, Hey, I don't care about the other options because they're all trash. So if he's not going to play, I'll just swap him out. But I really don't think he's going to play. They're saying day to day, which usually means the guy's not going to play. Um, I'm going to take their wide receiver one. He's going to get targets. At least I'm going Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. Could this be a week or Dory Jackson just doesn't trail the number one the whole time. It could be like they've thrown, they threw that curveball week two. So I'm going to go Darnell Mooney um, and, and Justin Herbert. I got to say, stop saying Justin Herbert, Justin yeah, Fields. It's I'm, I'm mixing Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert. <laughs> um, Justin Fields likes to get, he forces the ball to Mooney at times, but I am going to go. I mean, he's, in a, he's a thousand yard receiver. So I'm taking him. Justin, you got uh, your last two picks. Oh, I'll take Cole Komet. Yeah, that's the smart pick here. Damn it. <laughs> Tight end one, he just doesn't get targeted, though. Um, Crazy. And then this second pick, uh, D- Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. Wow, D- Dante wow. Pettis revenge game. Oh, that- <laughs> he had one catch for 51 yards. That's the only catch that he has for a and touchdown. And it was on a broken play, too. And it was on a broken play. So, uh, but he is there, he's also there. He has one catch, and he has... Their second leading receiver as far as yards. And I'm not Vilas, talking about wide receivers, the whole roster. <laughs> Vilas Jones is also going to be active, so will they split reps? I don't know, but I, I don't know. <laughs> well, Justin just gave told me, you know, what my pick is gonna be, and that is Vilas Jones Jr. God, if David Montgomery ends up playing, we're gonna look so stupid. But you know what? You could trade we could trade one of our third round picks for David Montgomery. But it has to be by ten AM on Sunday, so um That'll be that'll be the race uh, for us. Like, one, do you do you do it? And you know, got to make sure you get it in. So, I think the the trades will be a possibility this week. So, Velas Jones Jr. I mean, I liked him out of Tennessee. The Bears obviously liked him, so they're going to get him involved. Um, and I think he can have some wins in the slot. So, I'm going Velas Jones Jr. for my last bit. Danny, finish it off. Now I'm having the dilemma: Do I take? Tony, just for the fun of it. I know I can't Tony's trade him. Tony's not playing, dude. That's because you can't trade him, though. And then you can't, I, remember, you can't trade. Yeah, I know I picks. can't trade him. That's the other thing. Then I'm also thinking: Do I take Montgomery with the fact Montgomery could potentially play? But I'm just probably gonna have to take uh, David Sills. So I don't blame you for not taking a guy with your last pick that is gonna play. But I also like 
is David Sills going to get you more than like six points max? You know, really, so maybe yeah, take yeah, a really, shot. Yeah, really, so, probably not. So David Montgomery, who would have been fourth on my big board if playing, uh, watch watch out for whoever tweets at Talking Giants first before ten a.m. Sunday if he ends up playing to to make that trade. All right, so the recap: Danny has Saquon Barkley, Equanimeous, St. Brown, Kenny Galladay, and David Sills. I have Richie James, Darius Slayton, Darnell Mooney, and Velas Jones Jr. Justin has Khalil Herbert, Daniel Bellinger, Cole Komet, and Dante Pettis. All right, it's time for Giant Factors, where we pick our X Factor for the Giants game. Danny, you are first this week. Uh, I mean, like you might say, it's kind of like a mini cop-out answer, but I, I truly think the Giants Factor this week is Evan Neal. He was awful. On Monday night, and like we've established before, he's a rookie. Rookies are going to struggle. That's just a part of the nature of growing in the game. But he was a, he was embarrassed on prime time. He knows he was embarrassed on prime time. He he says he had never played a game that bad before in his life. And granted, those are against quality opponents in Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons at times. So he had some adversity. How does he respond to the adversity? What did he do this week at practice? What's he going to do in the game on Sunday against Chicago? It's a perfect time to show. Uh, the mental toughness Evan Neal has to, uh, you got a bad start, you flush it down the drain, you bounce right back and you, you, you dominate the game that day. So Evan Neal, we're going to need him this week because the whole off the line was bad. It's not just the Evan Neal hate train. Glowinski was not very good. Bredesen was not good. So Evan Neal, just bounce back this week, baby, because you're the future of this franchise still. My giant factor this week, Aziz Ojolari. And Justin just got mad because I stole his, um, we need him to be the best pass rusher. Obviously, we want Kayvon, but I'm not going to put that expectation on Kayvon uh, week two. The Bears' offensive line is not good pass blockers. So when they do drop back the pass, Aziz, affect the quarterback. Affect the quarterback. We need somebody. Uh, after week three, uh, Jahad Ward is the worst in pass rush win rate in the NFL. Ocean Zimenez is the third worst in the NFL, uh, NFL after uh, after three weeks. So we need someone to get there, make some plays in the run, you know, contain the edge when they are trying to get outside the tackle. So Aziz Ojolari, uh, you know, Kayvon's a rookie. You're in the second year. Now you, you've had one game off injury. Step up. I was going to start off with this whole spiel of it's 2010. The Giants are playing the Bears and Jay Cutler. They have nine sacks in the first half. The Giants have the old logos on the helmet. Aziz Ojolari, you broke LT's record last year, rookie sack record. Hill's record. Go out there and be a job. That's what I was going to say, but you literally. It was BJ Hill's record. Speaking of helmets, look what I got. I got an Eli Manning signed helmet. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Did he fake that one as well? It was a gift. Oh, don't, don't, don't. I don't care. He, he, he never did anything wrong ever in his life. Don't shut your mouth. <laughs> All right. Did so, it, who that is that your giant deep- factor? That was a deep cut joke. My giant <laughs> factor now is Richie James. Um, Richie James, the Giants need to embrace running their passing offense through him. Um, if you're going to be facing a rookie corner, Bobby talked a lot about him uh, during the first half of the show. Bears run man coverage. Richie James is like the only one that can create separation on a consistent basis. He's also been the only one that's been consistently good in the passing game throughout this year. Richie James, go out there, be a giant factor. But more importantly, Giants coaching staff, embrace that Richie James is your passing offense right now. All right, time for uh, spread picks that are brought to you by who, Danny? 
The spread picks this week are once again brought to you by Draft Pick Kings because, ladies and gentlemen, the NFL season is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can put down just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they win. Hey, if that's just not enough for you, you want to go bigger, everyone can boost their winners with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you could boost your winnings up to 100%. That's a big number, and I'm no math guy. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? I don't know. You can't probably give me a valid reason. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. So right now, I need you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That is code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bet and partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. As always, see show notes for details. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's get into spread picks. Um, Justin is still in last place at 10 and 14 after a four and four week. I'm in second to last place and I'm under 500 and that really does bother me. I do not want to be under 500 in this. Like, you know, I obviously I want to win, but being over 500 is what matters to me the most. I'm 11 and 13 after a three and five week. The listeners are in second. They went five and three or 12 and 12. And Danny is still the pick, the gambling expert at 13, 11 at four and four. First game, Thursday night football. Dolphins at Bengals minus three and a half. What? I know the you know the Dolphins had to run away from a hurricane and the University of Cincinnati was stealing their place. But I think the Dolphins are going to smack the Bengals. Smack the Bengals. Their corners are not going to be able to hang with Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill. And I, they're going to throw a lot of different looks at uh, J- uh, Justin. Why did I keep on saying Justin Herbert today? Joe Burrow. And I, I think the Bengals are, go- are the Dolphins are going to smack the Bengals. I got Dolphins plus three and a half. The listeners represented by Charles Rogelia went with me. Justin, who are you going? Danny, can't wait to hear your Eli Apple joke that you got lined up. Um, Dolphins plus three and a half. Danny? I enjoyed that. Uh, apparently, Mike McDaniels and the Dolphins knew they were going to watch, so they apparently had plays that had 12 men on the field. That's the one, uh, is that true? Two, why don't yeah. you just get people to stop watching? Yeah, that's also somehow. the other thing, but Mike McDowell's is a weird dude. Um, Eli Crapple is probably going to get just the, there we go. everything burnt. It's like Tari Kill's legitimately going to embarrass him, but Tua is also going to embarrass him. This line makes just no sense to me. I'm acting like a true gambling guy right now, but give me the Dolphins in the steady day of the week. Yeah, I was blown away. Like, it's be one thing if they're like favored by one at home, but and the Bengals are one and two. All right, we got Vikings at Saints, plus two and a half. London. In London, early. Get up early. We'll be there next week. We won't be, but the Giants will be. Um, We wish we were there next week. Justin, who are you going? I'm done with Kirk Cousins, man. Give me the Saints. This is massive. He's disappointed me one too many times, even though he did come back against the Lions. What am I saying? Uh, Saints plus two and a half. Massive. Danny, who do you got? Massive. I mean, the Saints got dogged by the Panthers last week. I don't care. Uh, The Saints suck, by the way. They they suck. suck. I'm going Vikings minus two and a half because the Saints suck. I don't feel good about it. But the Saints flat out suck. 
Michael Thomas, I don't think. Isn't he on the injured list, Michael Thomas? I could be Watch. wrong with that. Kirk Cousins, it's because he's broken my heart one too many times. He's going to suck. I hate him. Danny. Uh, give, give me the Vikings because, like we, we said, the Saints are bad. They got dogged. They're just not a good team. Bills at Ravens plus three. Uh, that was a game that Justin won last week by picking against, being the only guy to pick against the Bills. Danny, are you circling the wagons, though? Because they lost in stupid fashion last week. That ref should have gotten that ball place quicker. Well, slow, slow. Wagons are still circling, though, baby. Wagons circle Buffalo. So because we uh, hired a lot of people from the Bills this year, if you didn't hear, I follow a lot of Bills people now, you know, mainly the cover one guys. And I didn't realize, I hate to say this, how much of crybabies Bills Mafia is. They are the bi- they are a crybaby fan base talking about, well, they were in the heat, they were in the sun, all, all this random stuff. Just because the Dolphins beat you. Take your L. Take your L and get better. That being said, I think the Bills are going to cover on this minus three. Justin, right, pick, pick your Ravens. The Ravens are winning. There Ravens we go. Plus three. Listeners are disagreeing with uh, you and agreeing with me and Danny. The Jags hype is real. Jags at Eagles minus six and a half. But I'm not buying into the Jags hype. I'm really not. I'm going Eagles minus six and a half. And I, I don't I'm not even fully on board the Eagles hype uh right quite yet. But I am going Eagles minus six and a half. I'm not buying this Jaguars hype. They they lost to Washington and they looked really ugly doing it. Danny. Uh, sorry, I see a spider that I'm going to kill after I get this pick. I believe in the Jags hype. Doug Peterson is back. He that might is the underrated storyline. Is the, the I Doug think he's Peterson a top five winning coach in Jaguars history right now. <laughs> I think I read that stat, so it probably was a joke, but it's probably true. Jaguars, they're they're true. They beat they beat the Chargers last week. I don't know. And, and the Eagles are a one half team right now. They play the first half and they kind of just disappear in the second half because they have a massive lead every week. <laughs> That's true, but you still got to play. God, you play to win the game. Uh, give me the yeah, Jags. Justin, who are you going? It's just a big line, and uh, this this uh, could uh. If the Super Bowl was played at the beginning of October, this could be a Super Bowl preview. So give me a, give me the Jags plus six and a half. Listeners are going with me and the Eagles. We got Washington at Dallas minus three. I know the Cowboys have went 2-0 with Cooper Rush, but Cooper Rush, I'm not buying the hype. I am going in an upset week. Commanders plus three. Justin, what are you going? I agree. Um, I, I think Carson Wentz through the first two weeks of the season, I had kind of a bad week last week, but through the first two weeks of the season was did really, really well. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you and go commanders plus three. Maybe first. All right. Uh, the listeners are going Cowboys. Just Danny, are you going with the listeners? I am not uh, update. I missed the spider. So the spiders once again, losing my room, but I am going the Cowboys. All right. We got Cowboys minus three for Danny. Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos at, the Las Vegas Raiders. Justin, who do you have in this? Raiders are the only 0 and three only winless team in the NFL. Wow, that's kind of crazy. This was your this was your pick in the John Boy Media against the spread league, right? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go Raiders. Uh Raiders minus two and a half. Yeah, you already started to write it down. Danny? Broncos are a strange team, so I'm gonna have to ride with Justin. The listeners are riding with you guys too. I'm riding with them as well. Patrick Graham owns Russell Wilson. Don't forget about that. 
That is true. That Chiefs is true. at Bucks. Pick them. This come. is my Super Bowl pre- uh, prediction. Really? And like in the Super Bowl, I'm picking the Chiefs to win. What about you, Danny? I'm also going to go with the Chiefs because the Bucks played a sloppy game last week. And I think right now the Chiefs are still just a better team, even though they got upset by the Colts and the little drama between Mahomes and the enemy. Bucks dealing with a hurricane too right now. Uh, the listeners are going Chiefs. Justin, are you going against the grain? No. Uh, Chiefs can score points. The Bucks can't. How about that? All right. Rams at 49ers minus one. I know the 49ers historically have done very well versus the Sean McVay uh, Rams. I feel dirty doing this, but Rams plus one. I, I'm usually a pick the 49ers versus the Rams guy, but I'm just going to go Rams plus one. Even though I guess the Rams did win the NFC Championship game, but that was because that safety dropped the ball. I wish I really wish Matthew Stafford was still known as a choker, by the way, because anyways, be great. that's be great. a rant for another day. The listeners are agreeing with the Rams. Justin, who are you going? 49ers minus one. Um, I gonna, hate that I'm I didn't gonna, pick the 49ers. I really do. I'm going to keep riding the 49ers until they really break my heart. I mean, they really did break my heart last week because I picked them against in that John Boy meeting against the spread league. They had the lead, and then they blew it. And I'm like, oh, well, this is Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Danny. But the, here's the yeah. thing is Jimmy Garoppolo coming off a game like that will get everyone to buy back into him this week. Yeah, because he's still in um, – you could argue this is still preseason for Jimmy because he wasn't going to be starting. Uh, I will take the Niners as well this week. All right. All right. Good luck to you, gentlemen. All right, now it's time for predict score predictions for – the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears, one of the most biggest rivalries in the NFL, one of the best matchups this week, two and one versus two and one. Who will be three and one? Danny. I'm probably gonna. I'm, I felt I feel better about this game than I did against the Cowboys, so I will be riding the Giants this week because this is a winnable game, and the Bears' offense is still trying to figure out what the heck they want to do, especially in terms of the passing game. Giants are gonna win in an ugly, probably an ugly game. I'm gonna go fifteen. To nine, random score. I'm predicting the safety because Gillian's gonna drill him deep. Pause. Wait, what? Yeah, that was there tough. was a safe. There was a safety in the last Giants versus Bears game. The more you know, and that led to Joe Judge overcorrecting and doing the QB sneak. So that's the more you know. <sighs> Justin, what's your score prediction? Twenty six thirteen. The Giants are gonna. Double the Bears up, and it's going to be a smooth, easy, comfortable game. Listen, I love you, Chicago Bears. You're like a second team to me. I I really do root for you guys. Lord, forgive me for killing my brother. I We are killing the Chicago Bears. Killing them. Daniel Jones had that game where it got people back on his side. People are going to be going crazy for Daniel Jones after this game. The homers are going to be like, yes, see, yes, see, he just needed a couple of weeks. Daniel Jones is going to ball this game. I really do feel that. And I really do feel the Giants are going to win 77 to zero. Thank you for Evan Neal and Kadarius Tony, even though we're not super happy with Kadarius Tony. Enjoy Justin Fields and enjoy your guys weekends. We'll be back. Monday recapping a Giants victory. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.